listening to Inside the Crew, the only radio show dedicated to all things Columbus Crew and the beautiful game. Sponsored by Coda, a trusted mobility sponsor of the Columbus Crew. Here's your host, Chris Doran. And welcome to Inside the Crew. Glad you're with us tonight, getting over a 4-3 loss at the hands of Orlando on Saturday night. A moment in that match where Columbus is up 3-1, we get to the 70th minute, everything changes. I mean, in the 70th minute, Columbus is, if that game finishes, in second place in the Eastern Conference and sitting on the heels of FC Cincinnati for the Supporters' Shield. Instead, everything went south after that, and the black and gold in physical and emotional recovery in preparation for tomorrow night's game against Chicago. We'll talk more about the match in just a little bit. Here from Wilfried Nancy, uh, Darlington Nagby, as well as Alex Matan. Ross Smith is going to join us. He's an analyst for Apple Television and the MLS Season Pass. He was on the game Saturday night. He, uh, coincidentally, will be on the game tomorrow night with his broadcast partner, Tony Husband, on Apple TV. So we'll hear from Ross. We'll also hear from Tony Husband, who we had on the show last week, and he has a couple of final thoughts as we also track Miami's uh, Lionel Messi postseason run and uh, see if there's any time left for Inter-Miami to make a uh, postseason appearance. We'll we'll see what uh, what Tony has to say about that. More on the game, more on what's to come tomorrow night, all on the way here on Inside the Crew, brought to you by Tipico Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner, the Black and Gold, and by Ohio Cat, the official construction equipment provider of the Columbus Crew. Man, everything looked good on Saturday night, didn't it? 70th minute, Columbus was up 3-1 to one in enemy territory and playing just fine. And then things went south. I prefer to look at the glasses half full. In the last two games, Columbus has scored seven goals. And on Saturday night, it all got started with a little bit of magic from Alex Matan in the 16th minute. A little off target on the pass to Matan. One back by Morris. Here's Cucho on the run centrally to Matan. Chipped up and over. Cucho's there. The shot is in! Julian Gressel with a goal for Columbus! Julian Gressel with his fourth goal on the year. His first for the black and gold and his 25th as a member of Major League Soccer. Columbus up 1-0 going to the locker room. Coming out, first five minutes all Orlando. Man, they shifted the tide really quickly. They were able to tie it up 1-1. And we move a little bit later in the second half and we find Diego Rossi doing a little celebrating, hitting a milestone of his own. Throw in on the near side. Santos, lofted ball toward midfield. Sliphead, going to fall down to Orlando. No, Columbus. Here's Morris. Square ball, far side, Yaboa. Up the middle, Rossi shot is a goal for Columbus! Diego Rossi with his 50th goal as a member of Major League Soccer. He, of course, won the Golden Boot with LAFC. Took some time out, went overseas, came back and has done the work here for the black and gold so far. So we're up 2 to 1. We go ahead and cap it off. A third goal coming. Cucho Hernandez with an opportunity and a finish. He'll get it though. He's on the run inside the 18. Matan with the left ball shot is a goal for Columbus. Matan to Cucho Hernandez. Alex Matan with a couple of assists on uh, Saturday night. 10 goals, 11 assists for Cucho Hernandez now. As Cucho celebrates with a goal and an assist and makes it to the MLSsoccer.com team of the match day. As you know, 3-1 was not the final scoreline. For 20 minutes, it was Columbus having to absorb so much pressure. New subs, fresh legs on the field. And Orlando was able to, as they did last time, May 13th, at Lower.com Field. 
find a late goal to uh, to not only get a draw in added time, but then they got an added time goal to win the whole thing. So a 2-2 decision in May at Lower.com against Orlando in added time. And then the added time situation on Saturday night and a 4-3 victory for Orlando. Columbus has not beaten Orlando in the last four matches. So a playoff matchup between these two teams will definitely be fiery. There's no doubt about it. Hopefully, if it were to take place, it takes place at Lower.com Field. But then that's no guarantee either, is it? Post game and uh, after settling into the week, head coach Wilfried Nancy talking to us yesterday about his emotions following that drastic result of giving up three goals in the last 20 minutes. I was really, really upset, not frustrating, not a frustration, but more upset by the, the situation because my player deserved better. But at the same time, we didn't deserve to win this game. So this is the story of uh, our job. You know, we have to be able to move forward, to learn from our mistake and to be able to repeat in a better way. And But mentally, this is not easy. So that's why we try to create with my staff and the, and the club a good environment for them to express themselves in terms of all kind of emotion. With respect, but all kind of emotion. Because as you know, emotion... We cannot keep our emotion. We have to we have to, to release our emotion. So this is something that we try to do, yes. With Head coach Wilfred Nancy yesterday following the, uh, I think, reflection on what happened on uh, Saturday night. And I think he was very clear that post-game he sat down with the team, um, kind of let out a little bit of frustration perhaps, but more than anything else really focused on what needed to be corrected. And the process in doing that, was to begin with identifying spots in the game, in particular the last 20 minutes, where Coach Nazi would have preferred to have seen the team make a play or a player make a play rather than play aggressively to the point of leading to a free kick. He said there's a fine line. The, the four goals that we conceded, uh, 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 we could have made we could have made a play. The, first, the, the, the cross, we were not so aggressive to avoid the cross. And after that, the tap-in that the score... Again, we were not aggressive. We didn't make a play at this moment. And for me, this is the difference between be aggressive, aggressive, try to stress the player to, to be aggressive and try to make a play. And for me, we have to be better to make plays because at the end of the day, it's impossible to be perfect. In a high level, we're going to make mistakes and this is the way it is. But can we be there at the right moment when we need that? And this is the difference between a uh, really good team and a high-level team. And yes, we can talk about luck, we can talk about everything, but I'm not a big believer on luck. We have to provoke the luck. And that's why, for me, the, 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 we have to be better on that because the game was a little bit weird in terms of uh, with the weather and also the, the way Orlando p- uh, plays. There's, there's football also in behind. and uh, It's normal, I like it, no problem with that. But we... It was so open that we had the opportunity to attack all the time. So, and it was difficult for our team to stay compact. So that's why we, with more freshness, I would say, would have been able maybe to, to be more decisive at the right moments. But this is the way it is. That's why all the, the last stretch this is really difficult because, yes, we have to be good with the, with the ball. We have to be good without the ball. 
but we have to be also really good mentally. And this is something that we have to be better at, make a play at the right moment. Head coach Wilfried Nancy, and when you point out those right moments, you're also being very specific, not just with the team, but also with players. And in fact, the head coach opted this time around to have a few individual meetings to help really emphasize to certain players where those plays needed to be made on Saturday night. In our job, uh, this is not easy to um, to try to have an impact uh, after deception. When everything is okay, no problem. But like, like I like to say, sometimes we have to embrace the suck. And 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 as a coach, as a leader, we have to find triggers. We have to I have to be myself, but at the same time, I have to find a way to do it. And I decided to uh, to uh, to have a meeting with my. Uh, I, I, I talk sorry after the game. Sometimes I don't do it. Sometimes I, I, I do it. I wanted to show them my emotions and finish with a constructive way. And after that, yesterday we did a meeting with all the team to talk about uh, what I told you in terms of uh, the difference between aggressivity and make a play. And I, I didn't have a problem, an issue, and the players I know the way I do, th- I do things to tell who didn't make the play. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I took this example Yes, he didn't make the play, but this is for everyone. So, because I have to be honest with the players. If I, I don't say something to a player and I say the same thing to another player, maybe they're going to say, yeah, but you tell me something, but that is player, no, I'm dead. So I have to be fair and I have to be honest with myself and also with the vision. Mm-hmm. So... I did that with my staff, and after that, we decided to do also a meeting with uh, six or seven players, just to be more specific about what we need to be better at and what we need to keep doing well. Mm -hmm. And by doing that, I was able to be more more dynamic and also to provoke the discussion, because at the end of the day, what I want is to, to create a discussion and to... At the end of the, the, this discussion, everybody can say something or can disagree with me or with someone, and we can talk because at the end of the day, we have to sort it out. Columbus Crew head coach Wilfried Nancy on the group meetings and the individual meetings following the setback against Orlando. Team trained yesterday morning at Ohio Health Performance Center, and post-training, coach said the mentality is very, very good. So no, no. Today again, the session was really good. A good, really good spirit. A lot of freshness. Knowing that uh, after two days, this is all the time difficult, you know, to go again. But uh, no, I, I, I feel confident, humble, but confident. And uh, I know that uh, every game are difficult, especially, especially for the last stretch like this. So we have to to be ourselves. We have to respect the opponent, and we have to play the way we want to play. And. Uh, and uh, yeah, stick to the process and, uh, and stick to the task. And for me, this is the most important. So, but I have no doubt that my team's going to give everything. After that, the outcome, I don't know. You know me, I don't know about this. But uh, they're going to give everything for sure, knowing that it's going to be a difficult game. So the mentality shift is something Coach Nancy and the staff are counting on. I think we'll see it tomorrow night. A 
desperate Chicago Fire team coming to Lower.com Field tomorrow night. They're on the outside looking in at the playoff picture right now. As Columbus, following the weekend of play, continues to sort of sit in the middle of the playoff picture in fifth place, 45 points, 13-9-6 overall. Good news, 10-1-3 at home and another sold-out crowd at Lower.com Field tomorrow night. The Chicago Fire, 33 points, so that puts them two points off the pace of ninth-place D.C. United, which is a team that would, if the playoffs were held tomorrow, uh, battle in a play-in game with Montreal, which is in eighth place. And the Chicago Fire at 8, 11, and 9 on the road, 3, 8, and 3. So they have gotten some points on the road, but overall, just not very strong. Good news for the crew and their scoring, given the three goals on Saturday night. Still lead the league when it comes to 57 goals scored overall. In terms of their point differential, uh, just shy of St. Louis's pace of 18. And their pace for the crew is at plus 16 in the goal differential category. We'll deal with uh, a little bit more of Saturday night's setback with Darlington Nagby. Alex Matan on the way, too. We'll also talk to Ross Smith of Apple TV and the MLS season pass. He's on assignment tomorrow night at Lower.com Field. He saw the game against Orlando, has some feedback, I'm sure, for the black and gold. We'll hear from him next as we continue tonight on Inside the Crew. This promo is brought to you by Common Man and Timmy Hall's Ping Pong Game. The Fan. Welcome back to Inside the Crew. Glad you're with us. Uh, We'll chat with Ross Smith here from Apple TV in just a moment. Tonight's show brought to you by our friends at Wendy's. Like the Columbus crew, Wendy's new crew meal deal is massive. Grab 18 bucks and feed your crew today at participating Wendy's for a limited time. Well, Ross is a former player with the Portland Timbers, played in Canada as well. Of course, he was uh, an analyst for Timbers radio and television for many years before he jumped to the Apple television MLS season pass package. Joins us on the show tonight. Ross, uh, welcome to the show. Thanks again for being a part of the program. And uh, just real quick, How's the Apple TV experience treating you? Yeah, it's first off great to great to hear you, Chris, and looking forward to getting up to Columbus. Um, it's uh, it's been a different beast, and it's been a, a beast that I've really enjoyed. I, I think from being the, the Portland Timbers on the broadcast and analyst before, I loved it. Um, you know, my experience there was 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 nothing but a, a terrific time, and the people I got to work with. But I have to say, I, I'm. I'm, I'm fortunate and I'm enjoying being kind of outside that Timbers bubble where week to week, my conversations were anything and everything to do with Portland <laughs> and only Portland, which was great. You could dive into the nuance, but now just to follow different storylines like, like this coming in, I've never been to lower.com field coming up, chatting with, uh, Wilfried Nancy, um, you know, just digging into the nuance of other teams and storylines. I just feel like I've been able to look at the league from a different perspective and I've really enjoyed it. That's terrific. Uh, we talk about, um, and we have been in this first segment anyway, about the game on Saturday night. How would you characterize that game down in Orlando, Ross? A street fight. <laughs> yeah, I thought, yeah. I thought the, the back and forth uh, it was, was fantastic to watch. And two teams, it's what we were hoping for. Tony Husband, my, my partner, coming into it. And given the, the first match of the season, the way it went, and when I look at the first first match at Lower.com field, I thought Columbus and the first half were terrific. And then Orlando all of a sudden went inside and thought, you know what, we're, 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 
we're getting it taken to us right now. Let's step back out and let's show what we're all about. And they did that the second half. I thought it played out pretty much the same on Saturday night. The margins weren't as, uh, uh, as big as what it was in the first, first leg with Columbus. I thought we're easily on top. Columbus were the better team in the first half, but then Orlando obviously went in there and it's almost as though they looked in the mirror and they said, you know what? We're not going to get pulled apart. Let's come out and let's make a statement. And they did it. I, I did think Chris at three one Columbus were very close to being on easy street. And I thought the, the way that they were playing, knocking the ball around, starting to, to really open things up. I thought this is going to be four five one, but credit to Orlando. They, they stuck in. I thought a couple of changes hurt Columbus. Um, a couple of force changes. It, it sounds like at the back Camacho was, was starting to, to, to feel a little bit of the legs and, and tire a bit. And I thought that change really hurt. And I thought Orlando with, with the free kicks, the set pieces really took advantage of what I would say is maybe a vulnerable area of Columbus is, is aerial balls, balls in the air, which, um, I think teams can, can get at Columbus if they use it the right way. And Orlando did. Apple TV and MLS season pass talent Ross Smith joins us on Inside the Crew. He had the um, analyst role on Saturday night in the game against Orlando. He'll be at Lower.com tomorrow night for the showdown between Chicago and the Columbus crew. Ross, how much credit do you give Oscar Pereja, the head coach of Orlando, for the changes that were made and the, uh, I would say, boost of confidence that Orlando was able to find in the second half Saturday? Yeah, big credit. Big credit. He has got the, the players all on the same page. Uh, he's got the players that I, I said this in the, in the broadcast. If they want to fight, they'll, they'll fight. If it requires the game a little bit of flow, they can do that as well. And everybody pulling together and I, I think understanding their role. And I think even more credit because it's uncertain times right now for Oscar Perea. He doesn't have a contract going into next season. Um, uncertain about what's happening. With, uh, with his future into next year, we, we asked him about it and he was very positive, but he also, you know, didn't firmly say, yes, I'm going to be here. Yes, I'm going to be the manager. It's, it's very much taking it one game at a time, focusing on the season and seeing how far they can go. And I think how well Orlando do, Orlando will do will determine whether Oscar Perea is, is in the technical area for the Lions or not next season. So, you know, all that considered, the way that he still has the players bought in and, and on the same page, even more impressive. Orlando, are they a playoff team for sure? And could they make a run at the Supporters' Shield? Yes. I think when you look at it, anyone from the top six right now, uh, I would say could could make a run. Um, as I just pull up the standings and, and starting to go through it, um, just on my travels up to Columbus right now, as, uh, as we were chatting about. But I think anyone from the top six could make could make a real good run at top seven, I should say. Once you get into eight, nine, ten, I think there's a drop off in the in the Eastern Conference. But anyone from the top seven, Nashville are sitting in that place right now. I mean, any one of those could be top in the East. Um, when I look at the quality, look what they've done over the course of the season. So certainly Orlando could make a big run. We've got some really important games tomorrow night. We'll talk about that in just a moment. Ross Smith joins us on Inside the Crew, television analyst for Apple TV's MLS Season Pass, formerly with the uh, great club of Portland goals beget confidence. Did you see that on Saturday night with both of these teams in their individual halves of performance? Yes. I, I look at Columbus and, and where I think, okay, what would it take for them to go on a run? And it's certainly in the attacking half. For me, they're the best team in MLS at beating teams that have been dangerous in different areas. And I think that showed in, 
in the match with Julian Gressel's goal, even though I don't think Cucho Hernandez has meant that as a pass. I think he's going for the far corner himself. Maybe others will disagree with that. Um, I look at his, uh, Cucho Hernandez, his goal, the, the pass by Matan. And, um, you know, then I, I look at their, uh, their final goal with Diego Rossi or their second goal in the match with Diego Rossi, different ways to cut open a team, different skill sets within the team, different players providing that final pass. I mean, how do you stop a team when you, you look for some clubs? It's just one player. You, you look after him and then all of a sudden you, you expect to get a good result. Whereas Columbus, just so many different ways to hurt you. But then with Orlando City and, and in front of their crowd, it was rocking, Chris. It wasn't packed, but it felt like it was. And the uh, the atmosphere was tremendous. And I think the players really played to that. And Faguno Torres is in a good run of form. Enrique, who scored the winner, scored two goals. You know, they, they just had, they, they've got that spirit going for them right now. And when they play at home and if they get a home playoff match, then, um, you know, they, they've got the capability of, of putting goals past other teams. Orlando was the U.S. Open Cup champ last year, hosting the final game, and they know how to host a championship. They do make it difficult for the opposing team. I don't think anyone wants to see Orlando in the playoffs. That's just my <laughs> <No>. guess. <laughs> Ross Smith no. joins us on Inside the Crew, Apple TV television analyst. He'll be on the game tomorrow night against Chicago. Ross, you brought up the standings. Uh, let's talk about third place New England. Just a lot of drama last week in Foxborough. Uh, where do you mm-hmm. think they, they settle out when the season's over? Yeah, I think that's the biggest question mark. And it's tough to tell, Chris, because they have the talent. Carlos Hill, um, obviously one of the, the premier players in this league. Uh, I think they've got the maturity in their team. I covered their match, their first match without Bruce Arena in the technical area when everything was starting to shift. And then their first um, match in the knockout rounds for League's Cup and conversations around the team. Andrew Farrell, one of the senior members, he mm-hmm. said, look, it's very much business as usual. And I, I believed him. And, and I really believed them, and I think they showed that in the attitude. But I just think from the player standpoint, it comes a certain point where you think, okay, who's leading us? Who do I have to impress? And Clint PA has is, is come in into a manager after, uh, after Richie Williams has is, is been shuffled about, waiting to see where he ends up. But, um, you know, with Clint PA, I just don't know what's, uh, how strong is that voice if, if the team are lagging in the first half. Is he one to really uh, G the guys up and, and get them going? I just, I just don't know. Um, yeah. But I, I do know they have the characters in the team to be able to say, look, let's just wait till the offseason to see what direction we're going. Let's worry about ourselves. Um, let's, uh, let's put everything aside and let's make a strong run. I can see that happening with them. But again, when the going gets tough, who's that voice in the dressing room? I just don't know how strong. Clint PA's voice is, and that's not a knock against him. I, I actually just don't know, and I don't want to, you know, put out claims uh, out there that he is sure. the guy that can lead them forward. Right, and and you add to that um, the element of Tab Ramos, who's been brought in as an assistant coach, if I'm not mistaken, uh, yes. for the remainder of the season. So, yeah. you know, to your point, which voice are we listening to? Who are we trying to impress? That brings up another question. Yeah. It does. It, uh, I think for players, you know, just having that, uh, when you say like a manager's change and whether we chat about other managers, but I've seen the, the knock on effect with a couple of clubs and the managerial bounce and see, does it really make a difference? You know, players, when they get, when they cross that white line, it's all down to them. I think it makes a massive difference. That voice day to day, the conversations in their ear. I think, you know, soccer players, as much as you want to think like the strong characters, they're all, they are vulnerable characters as well. And the message day in, day out, it matters. And the buy-in matters. 
and what is happening on the day-to-day on the training ground in terms of improving an individual player and developing them, um, you know, it, it does matter. So I, I think it's big decisions, uh, you know, for New England, of, of course, and the position they're in. For other teams, it's because they haven't been performing well throughout the season. So it's a strange one in New England, the fact that, you know, you're, you're running while the team's doing really well and you have a shift in manager. I mean, it's not often you see this. Yeah, we'll have to see what happens there. Uh, Ross, hang on through the break as we uh, continue here. We've got a couple more questions for you. Ross Smith joining us from MLS Season Pass on Apple Television. He's on the show tomorrow night with Tony Husband, live from Lower.com Field as the Columbus crew welcome in the Chicago Fire. If you're listening to tonight's show on your car or truck radio, please remember to buckle your safety belt. This message brought to you by the Ohio Department of Public Safety. If you're not buckled up what's holding you back we're back in a moment again on inside the crew we test marketed naming the show a guy and his butlers oh that is very touching but we thought bishop and friends had a better ring to it weekday mornings at nine the fan Welcome back to Inside the Crew, brought to you by Typico Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the Black and Gold. Ross Smith is a member of the MLS Season Pass, Apple Television talent crew. He'll be a part of the broadcast tomorrow night at Lower.com Field. He, of course, covered the Orlando-Columbus game on Saturday night, so we're hoping to give him a better show uh, tomorrow night at Lower.com Field. Ross, thanks a lot for holding through the break. Uh, one of the things we covered in the first segment tonight was the fact that Wilfried Nancy not only did a group video session, but he also pulled some players aside individually and had a sit-down with them. And I guess my question is, as a former pro player yourself, I mean, somebody who was paid to play, uh, what's your reaction to a, a head coach in a professional environment giving you that individual feedback? How would you react to something like that? I would say, Chris, and I, I would imagine you're coming from the, uh, you're, you're reading off the, the same page as me, is that I, I enjoyed it. And I didn't always enjoy it, but it, it took, and you would say the, the old school managerial way where you're just told straight, you're told how they want it done, and then you move on. I think it's a different kettle of fish now. I think it's a different breed of player. So those conversations, from my understanding, they need to be wrapped in cotton wool a little bit more. Um, but I think, I think it's important. And I think it's important that, that players know they might not always enjoy that conversation. I think it needs to be delivered in the right way. Whereas, you know, when I think back 10 years ago or so, the manager can say it whatever way they want direct to you. And you just have to take it on board, take it on the chin, as we would say, and, and move on. And if you don't, then that's down to you as a player. Um, of course that, that has changed, but I think it's what I, what I land on is it's important to have those conversations and for players to deal with it. And to be able to move forward, because at the end of the day, when the players, I, I think we we find ourselves in a, a soccer landscape where players maybe they look outward and, and are quick to make an excuse when mistakes happen. Whereas I feel like coming through my time, it was more you look within first before you look without. Um, but I think it's important for the manager to be able to say, no, 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 let's look within, deal with it and and improve and move on. And I think when players are quiet in their apartments, in their house uh, on a night after a rough match. They, they would be honest with themselves and they would say, look, I made a mistake there. And I, I could see, I don't know what players Wilfrey Nancy sat down, but you know, I, I myself could, could make a, a guess at what players would have been spoken to, um, from, from mistakes. I mean, Schulte, the, the goalkeeper at the very end. I mean, it's just an awful decision for him to come and get nowhere near it, you know, but there's a couple other players that I could, I would expect that Nancy had pulled aside and said, look, it needs to be better. You know, one of the things that he is, 
very, very consistent with is the fact that we as viewers can sometimes focus on that one moment where things go terribly wrong. But he'll back the tape up and he'll say, actually, in this situation, that free kick should not have been given. And the reason why is because we were out of position defensively or we should not have made that dangerous tack tackle in an area that is going to give up, you know, possibly a goal threatening situation. Um, are you a big fan of that? Do you think that's a bit of a scapegoat approach for a coach or is that a healthy way to look at the big picture? Yeah, I love it, Chris, on this side of it. And I know you can appreciate yourself with with all your years in broadcast when you don't just look at what's in front of you, like right before the goal. I, I love backing the tape up 15 seconds, 20 seconds and say, wait, hold on a second here. If we could have stopped this and that's where you very much make it a, a team game. And I forget which play when we do look at the, the final goal, I forget which player for Columbus brought down Enrique, but you have two players around Enrique. Mm-hmm. And when you do look at it, we had a really good angle on our, you know, credit to our producer and director. We had a good angle um, to show that there was no players off the ball running for Enrique. Everybody was gassed. Everybody was so tired. They'd given so much and it was very much Enrique against two Columbus crew defenders. And he scoops the ball. It's a nice bit of skill, but there's no way, you know, if, if the players, if their life depended on it for Columbus crew to make a tackle there, um, you know, I, I thought it was just a little bit of lazy legs. So, you know, as a, a, a I guess a, a center back is what I played. Um, I would have been going for those guys in, in the locker room afterwards saying you, you're putting the blame on Schulte, but hold on, you have to shoulder the blame as well because that was such a lazy tackle. So I do agree with, with all that. And I'm glad to hear that with the manager with Wolfrey Nancy that he would be looking at the bigger picture rather than just an isolated moment for, you know, Schulte coming out and, uh, and, and then players around them not reacting quick enough. So Orlando City players reacted quick enough. So, right. you know, I, I do see it not as just Schulte and I, it's, it's refreshing. And it's always refreshing. I know you have conversations with Nancy when he does see the bigger picture in many different ways. Ross Smith joins us on Inside the Crew. I'm going to get you out of here on this. How does a team like Columbus turn the page on a 20-minute span where they gave up three goals, including the game winner in added time, and face a desperate Chicago Fire team Wednesday night at Lower.com and make a statement that they are not to be forgotten in the playoff hunt? Yeah, it's. Uh, I'm, I'm going to pull quickly from Wilfrey Nancy. Because I asked him yesterday, one of his former players, Kai Kamara in Montreal, I said, look, the profile of the back line, you're not the biggest. And the, the stat numbers show that in terms of aerial duels, you're, you're at the lower end in the league. Going into the weekend, I have to update my numbers, but going into the weekend, Columbus crew were second to last in terms of aerial duels one. Uh, last place was LA Galaxy. So you're going up against <laughs> in league history, one of the best players in the air. What do you do? And he said, you step on his toes. <laughs> I thought that's great. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> but he went, but he went on and he, he gave a couple little things that I, I maybe will share just now for, for your listeners. I, I think it'll be interesting, you know, how he, how he does handle it. So I think first and foremost for that reaction, you need a backline that are going to come out and say, we're getting a clean sheet. We're, 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 we're going to be what everybody's going to be talking about in a positive way to show that we have a backbone that we're difficult to beat. I don't think going forward is going to be a problem. Um, you know, when the players that I've mentioned before, Yeboah on the left wing back, if he starts, I think that's going to be a question is, is freshness in the legs after Saturday because the team put a lot in. Gressel on the right on his day is one of the best crossers in the league. Cucho Hernandez, you know, what he offers a battering ram. Diego Rossi, he can come towards the ball. He can stretch the team. Um, you know, and is it Ramirez? Is it Matan? But for me, Chris, when it, when it, when you do look at it and all the brilliance that you have in front, I think the fact that you have Darlington Nagby and on his day to this day, I think will go down as one of the best midfielders this league has ever seen. 
Um, but the way he can control the game, um, and I think the way he has, has grown in his leadership and everything as well, I mean, I just can't say enough. And I know I had time with Darlington out in Portland, and at times watching him on the training ground go up against Diego Chara, oh, it was fascinating to watch. Just some of yeah. When I talk about my experiences as an analyst, that was some of the best on the training ground watching Diego Chara and Nagby go head-to-head. It was brilliant. So I think to that, when Nagby turns it on, the fact that he can control the game, um, I think in the locker room where you think, oh my goodness, we, we just got knocked in last 20 minutes. I think you look down the row and see Nagby and you think, you know what, we're going to be all right. He's got three championship r- uh, rings on his finger right now. We're, we're going to be okay. Ross, you're terrific. Thanks so much. I hope you enjoy the game tomorrow night and that the black and gold give you a different show against Chicago. Yeah, I appreciate it, Chris. Thank you. I look forward to meeting you in person. We've only had these chats this way, so look forward to seeing you. Awesome, man. All right. Thank you, Ross. Really appreciate it. Ross Smith joining us on Inside the Crew. We'll look forward to uh, his broadcast tomorrow night with Tony Husband on Apple TV at the MLS Season Pass. When we continue, we'll hear more from Darlington Nagby, Alex Matan, and actually Tony Husband himself uh, after a conversation we had last week regarding Inter-Miami and their playoff hopes. That's all on the way as we continue tonight on Inside the Crew. If you consider yourself a Buckeye fan, you've come to the right place. This is your heritage sports talker and home of Ohio State Athletics, the fan, Ohio sports destination. Back again on Inside the Crew. Big game tomorrow night against Chicago. The fire on the outside looking into the playoff picture. Our pregame show, 7 o'clock here on the radio. Kickoff 739 from a sold-out lower.com field. Looking forward to that coverage tomorrow night. At Wendy's, we're focused on what matters. That's why we've made our hamburgers square. When you want the best hamburger, square's the beef. It's been the best season in Major League Soccer for Alex Matan. Got the start on Saturday night. Couple of assists to go with his goal on the season. He's Really got the numbers, especially in the helper category, and he's happy to be helping the team out. I'm very happy that uh, I can provide and help the team with, you know, with uh, goal contributions. Uh, yeah, I'm just, uh, I'm just growing that right now. Uh, coach uh, believes uh, a lot of uh, a lot in me, uh, and yeah, that. As a player, that gives you confidence and uh, just go out there and try to to do whatever you can to help the team, you know. Alex Matan with two assists on Saturday night. I asked him if he's concentrated a little bit more on his activity and contribution in the final third of the field. I mean, of course, every training, I you get there in uh, that last half every time, you know, when you practice, you have like a game between each other. And of course, like during the practice, you get in those positions. Uh, I won't say that other than, other than uh, like some finishing, uh, I just like practice, like you know, being there every time. But yeah, like I said, I'm just like way more confident than, than I was before, and uh, you know, I'm just yeah, I'm just uh, happy that I'm healthy and I'm. And I'm trying to help the team, you know, to, to reach our goals. Alex Matan, who got the start on Saturday night against Orlando. Not sure if that was rotation or tactical, but he certainly was helpful in getting those two assists. To help Columbus find three goals, that meant Christian Ramirez could come off the bench fresh, and that means also Ramirez is fresh for tomorrow night against Chicago. Uh, Captain Darlington Nagby said the idea that Columbus can go deep on the bench, still remain fresh going into a 3-8 and eight week, and still be successful says a lot about the team and the coaching staff. No, it's huge. I think 
again, the staff has done a great job rotating guys in training, rotating guys in the games, and I think it is, I've gotten confidence from it, and the whole group has gotten confidence from it, because when we have done rotations, we've gotten the results. So I think that's good. It speaks to the team and the players individually, uh, how bothered everyone is. And Columbus crew captain Darlington Nagby, and he'll be active tomorrow night, reminding everyone that in front of a sold-out crowd at Lower.com Field, it's a chance to respond to the setback Saturday. I think, like you said, I think that's the response. You know, I think uh, season's always up and down, but how can you respond after a loss or after a game? Uh that you still win even, but you just didn't perform. So I think just the response from, from game to game, and if it is a good game, can you keep that up or be even better? So I think that's the message that I'll try to get tell the guys, you know, and that we've been preaching about this season, just always competing with yourself and doing being better than you were the previous game. Columbus crew captain Darlington Nagby getting set for the showdown with Chicago tomorrow night. The crew will be dressed in their all-black velocity kits tomorrow night. Chicago in some version of blue, white, and red. It all comes from the uh City of Chicago's flag, uh, and that came, of course, 739. Our pregame show here on the radio begins at 7 o'clock tomorrow night here on 97.1 The Fan. Real quick, let's visit Miami and Lionel Messi. Not physically, but just in thought, as Miami's in 14th place, they've got uh, 28 points, and they are sitting on seven games remaining. Two of those games are against Charlotte. One of them is at Charlotte, obviously, a synthetic grass field. Make of it what you like, whether Messi will play on that field or not. He did not play in Atlanta on the weekend, and Atlanta was red hot in a 5-2 win over Miami. But um, we were talking to Tony Husband last week, and I asked Tony, I said, look, they've already won League's Cup, and they did it in dramatic fashion with Messi's debut over here in America, playing for an American team. They're in the final of the U.S. Open Cup. Will that be enough? Or will it be necessary? Will it be necessary for Lionel Messi and company to make the playoffs and go on to win MLS Cup in order to call it a complete arrival for the greatest to have ever played the game? Well, I mean, in any other sphere of soccer and sports around the world, in any other story, in any other sportsman's world, you know, you would say surely that would suffice, wouldn't it? If they were to win the US Open Cup and they won League's Cup, you know, and and let's not forget the night they kicked off in League's Cup, you know, it was, well, he may play 20 minutes maybe. um, And can this Miami team be expected, you know, what can he be expected? How far could they go in the competition? Can they they get out of the group and maybe play a couple of knockout games? They go on and win it. It's just, you know, that's what we love sports for, isn't it? These incredible stories. He's been sensational since he's arrived. Absolutely sensational. Um, an amazing moment for the league. We should lap up every moment of this and the benefits it brings the game as a whole. I think that, that is the, the thing that I, I, you know, most passionate about is, you know, this isn't just a Miami and Messi story. This is a story, uh, and a moment for Major League Soccer to, to embrace and to use it to grow uh, as we look forward to the World Cup and things in 2026. So that said, if they don't make the playoffs, I, I still think people will be a bit disappointed because, you know, they are this <laughs> remarkable roller coaster. Um, you know, in any other sport, I'm sure it would be enough to win the two trophies. But you try telling him that. I'm sure he's laser focused on they want to make the playoffs. And the fascinating thing about this, Chris, is that, you know, right now there is an argument for saying when with, with a fully a uh, fully strength team, full strength team, everybody uh, back from internationals uh, and, you know, with Messi there, you know, they've gone from being the worst team in the league, the worst team in the league to probably the best. Uh, and then it said with all due respect to, to the sure. other teams, 
Um, but it's hard to argue. I mean, I had this conversation with Jim Curtin uh, a few weeks ago in Philadelphia, and, and you know, we, we kind of concurred on this that you know, and his team had just been absolutely rolled over um, by Miami, and and I think Philadelphia are one of the best teams in the league. So you know, if they get to the playoffs. Oh my goodness! That, what what an interesting story that's going to be because of course they're going to get in. They're only going to get in as like a an eight or nine kind of seed, um, so they could end up playing Cincinnati early. Right. Uh, I mean, the whole playoff pitch in a best be, of three. In a best. In of a three. best of three. Right. I mean, you know, we, we've got to want to see that. I think. Sure. <laughs> I'm sure. sure. Columbus fans would probably be very happy to see it, but um, <laughs> but you know, it, it's uh, it's fascinating, and it's a great add to the season. Look, if they don't make it, and I still would say I'm odds against that they do. Um, look, you know, I think the playoffs and the story of the season will still be, you know, tremendous to tell. Um, but yeah, it's going to be fascinating to see if they can sneak across the line. I, I think it's going to be tough, even with what they're doing. But you know what? They're winning every week, and every week I think, mm, well, okay, they've won another one. <laughs> you know, so who knows? It's going to be great to see them. Tony Husband, who joined us last week, his partner Ross Smith on the show tonight. Both of those guys at Lower.com Field tomorrow night on Apple TV, bringing you coverage of Chicago, paying a visit to the black and gold. We'll have the broadcast for you on the radio beginning at 7 o'clock here on 97.1 The Fan. Our thanks to Kirk Reynolds with MLS Soccer for helping us to arrange those interviews. Thanks to Crew Communications with help with the audio this week. And our thanks to our producer at 97.1 The Fan. Inside the Crew brought to you by Typico Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the black and gold and by ohio cat the official construction equipment provider of the columbus crew this is inside the crew um in case you've forgotten saturday is game day the fans game day coverage is sponsored by Riker kia your home of the buckeyes the fan broadcasting from the lindsey honda studios honda makes the cars lindsey makes the difference visit lindseyhonda.com wbnsfm hd1 columbus